Today we have back Rob Levy, my good single guy friend. What are you doing back here, Rob? I am back here for revenge. I mean, to be back on the show to interview you as politely as you interviewed me. Rob is here to interview me, and I have no idea what's going on and what's going to happen. So I don't really have an intro for you. So, Rob, you can just, you can start. I'm going to have to roll my sleeves up on this one. Um, yeah. So I was uh, generously, generously interviewed by Christine Chang, and it was a good, good, fun time. Um, I emphasize the fun part when she had me on the spot. So um, second time on the show, she promised last time and this time I'd get hair and makeup, but she lied. So no hair and makeup. Your head looks good, though. Thank you. Not Thank shiny. You. Not yes. too shiny. No, not too shiny. Yes. We're here to talk about your audience, which are, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, single, mainly single women from ages 25 to 45-ish, 50-ish. Yeah. Yeah. But single women. Yes, single professional women who would like to meet their life partner. Cool. Um, so tell me, from your point of view, um, knowing your friends, knowing yourself, why, 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 why do single women always love and absolutely thrive on going out with douchebags and assholes? Okay, if a woman is in that stage, and I will admit, I was in that stage for a very long time, and there could be several reasons. They could be brought up to think that that is attractive. They could also have low self-worth. Uh, that could, that's probably the top two. And I, uh, I've experienced that, both of those things. <laughs> well, would you say too, though, but you were, when you were in a frame of mind, people said, what are you looking for? Yeah. Um, and I'm looking for someone who's going to treat me right. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. They say that they want a specific type of guy. They actually define the type of guy they want, but then yet you'll see them going out with the guys that are more douchebaggy and asshole -y. Right, yes. and that can also be what feels familiar to them too. Mm -hmm. Because if that's what feels familiar, either based on a relationship dynamic that they had with their parents about someone who uh, like abandons them or does it, is always running away and they have to chase the love, that can feel familiar. So maybe they're not aware that they mistake that for like, oh, this is how love is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So it could be unconscious on that part. It can also be a lot of women, they do find that sexy when it's a when there's a little bit of unsafety. Mm. Okay. Right. So, yeah, they do find the little bit of the unknown, the danger, yes. the kind of the tug, the kind of little tug of war. And it and and they get that from a man being um not nice to them. Unavailable, mm -hmm. um the not nice uh what I mean, what would you cons I mean, people there's different levels of not nice. There are most of my friends, if not all my friends, um they're gentlemen when they take a woman out on a first date and they were raised that way and they naturally were that way. And, and I know that as they've gotten older, they've had to tweak their success to get second and third dates by not being who they are by not being nice, by not being as genuine, by, um, uh, you know, maybe not being so interested in the person, um, which, which is which is interesting. It's 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 very opposite, and so it kind of leads me into our next t topic. I want to talk about. Let's just talk about the dating side of it. So when a man meets a woman and they're they're chatting, you know, a lot of times women will say, "Oh, looks aren't that important," 
And I say bullshit. I say that looks are important to women as well as a man, but I, to women as well. It's definitely, I do agree that it's less important to the female than it is to the male to start with. But what would you say um, to, to men who, let's say they're meeting someone for the first time, just, they just don't feel attractive. Maybe they, they just don't feel they look good or they're dressing good or whatever. What is something a man could do right away to make a woman feel attracted to them? something they, by, by actions or, or words they say. Well, confidence, I think, is always sexy. Mm -hmm. And confidence is something I don't think that can be faked. And if it is, I don't think it'll last long term because there are some books and trainers out there that will teach guys how to get women. And if at the core you're not confident but you're doing these things that they say to do, like peacock, uh, peacock. I don't even know some of these things <laughs> to get their attention. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. You got her number, but how long are you going to keep her around for? Right. So being confident, but from a genuine point of view. Genuine. Yes. Because yeah. energetically people can feel it. You can't mm -hmm. fake that. And the thing is you don't like, for example, like, like you want to make her laugh, mm -hmm. right? Or just, you want to be funny. So a lot of it is also just self-love and feeling good about yourself. Because if you really think you're funny, you won't need her to laugh at your joke. And I have experienced that before where a guy, he just really, he was an as aspiring stand-up comedian, but it was very important to him that the other person laugh. And if I didn't laugh, he would point it out. And I didn't find that attractive. That sounds so unattractive. No, and he, <laughs> but he would say it in a way that just really, that acknowledged it, but in just like a, a little, you know, very subtle way. But I kept thinking like, why does it matter if I laugh or not, because I find it so endearing when someone laughs at themselves and laughs at their own joke. It's so, um, guy or girl, I'm mm. gravitated towards it because you could see their self-love and they, they don't need, right. and yeah. they don't need anyone else to laugh. That is attractive. So I think if you, it sounds cheesy, but if you have self-love, if you mm. like yourself and you uh, don't put pressure on the situation, you're just there to have fun. Right. Right. And you don't really care. It's fine to want, uh, like to prefer a certain outcome, like, oh, this woman's really beautiful and she seems really smart and funny. But as soon as there's any pressure put on there that you really are like forcing a result or you, there's like a, a desperation for a result, people feel that. Yeah, I agree. I, I do feel like uh, and, and a lot of that times, what do you think gets in the way of, what do you think makes something more pressure? Um, you know, man or a woman, you're going on date and you, you're, you want to be yourself, but you're feeling like you're being not authentic. Yeah. What do you think generates that? I think trying to control a specific outcome versus mm -hmm. being in the moment. Because when you're in the moment, you're playing. Yeah. And things are organic. That's when the magic happens. Uh, and so, I mean, it's fair to say like two people could be great for each other. They're on the first date, second date, and they need to break down those barriers, right? So maybe the first date or even getting to know each other, one of them's in, in, their, in their own way. They're, they need to just get out of their way, right? And just be themselves. So part of that is that that trick is to be yourself, right? So would you say that um, for most women, for maybe your audience, do you feel like they are themselves when they're beginning the dating process? I would say majority no. And by the way, everything that I'm saying right now is easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been there before 
where you just you're so nervous and you just would really want something to work out and you think you have to be a certain way for the other person to like you. I've been there and it's very common. Most people, man, woman, anybody will show up to a first date with almost like a like a character of themselves. It's, it's not the real them that they're good friends and the family see. Like when we were out in the lobby and I asked you, I was filming some stupid like Insta story video and Rob is very, is very he's a silly person, you know, and he's messing around with me. <laughs> and then I asked him, I'm, I said, are you like this with all your friends? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I asked, are you like this with girls that you have just met and you go out on dates with? And he said, hell no. <laughs> and I said, you should be because it's so cute and it's so charming. And I feel like if more people just did that off the bat, it just would, it would be way easier. It would. It would. And that's I think that's the art of getting out of your own way. And like you said, self-love and not feeling the need to be liked. And I do think people still put uh, this imaginary pressure on themselves for the dates, for the dating process, you know. From a woman's point of view, what? how does she know there's going to be a second date? When is that decision made, you know, like mentally? I feel like probably within the first few seconds of meeting the guy in person. Which goes clearly against the whole, hey, we got to break down our walls and get to know each other, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone's different. <laughs> uh -huh. You should absolutely give people a chance, though. That's something yeah. I see in uh, strong women. Mm -hmm. is they can be very closed off and not give people a chance. But I, um, I'd i say a lot of women are intuitive. And you kind of know, but you don't always know. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, too. Maybe you think, like, oh, no, there's no way. Like, I'm not going to be attracted to this guy. I've had friends who they thought that about the first date with their now husband. Right. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard some horror stories from people that are married now. And I'm like, wait, you went out with him again? After that, that sounds like the worst experience. Like, run. I would tell you to run. But it, it's true. I feel like, you know, a good rule of thumb would be to say, you know what? I'm just going to go on this first date if if you're dating this person, going out to see if, if it has potential. Not if you have other agenda. But if you're going out and you say, you know what? I want to see if this person is worth dating. Just to throw away the first, like, two dates. Just to go out. Not even worry about about it. And just, just go and, like you said, have fun. And if you... Um, try to be as genuine as you can, but say, hey, you know what, let's let's try for two or three days. But it goes both ways because, you know, the, the female could also be saying to herself, um, or, or not the female, but the, the one person could be saying to themselves, hey, um, I'm nervous and, you know, I'm hoping to get a second date. And um, the other person could, you know, just be turned off and say, wow, I, I just don't feel a connection. So um, I do think getting, just getting the show going is a, is a bet. So getting from third date or beyond the first few dates to something a little more intimate. So when usually for a guy, you know, the first times is, is something for a woman. The first time of having sex is, is different as well. So would you say that women the first time are very genuine when they're um, intimate when they're or having you, sex, when or they're is having it... sex, or do you feel like, or or just intimate intimacy in general, you know, are, are they? Do you, do you feel like they're being because they want their their man to feel like they're turning, or their person to feel like they're turning them on? Do they do they feel that are they being genuine, or are they are they doing a lot of faking for the first few oh, times? Do it, women fake a lot to start the dating process? I think that's pretty common on both sides that people do. 
And this is when you hear people say things like, oh, in the beginning, they would do this and they don't do it anymore. And what is, what is an example of that? Like uh, wear sexy lingerie or like wax or something like that. Like you don't do that anymore. And, uh, and you feel like it's common in most relationships? I think it's pretty common unless you've done a lot of, um, and I think it depends on how you met your person. There's a lot of mm -hmm. different factors here. I think um, I used to do things like that because I thought, because I wanted to impress the other person. Mm -hmm. or I wanted them to like me. When I met Pete, I was at a point in my life where I was very, com I was more comfortable with who I was. Mm -hmm. And Stop showering, all that kind of in, stuff. <laughs> take it or leave it. <laughs> but in a headspace of, I, I didn't feel I had to do anything differently with him. And I was very okay that if he doesn't like me for who I am and how I'm showing up right now, which is the real me, then he's not the one meant for me. But even with that, even with your, where you're comfortable wouldn't you say you, you still do things to do certain things to make yourself more attracted to him or attractive to him to, to elicit a, a certain kind of, you know, attractiveness from him? Would you say some of the things may definitely early on versus maybe now or? or? Honestly, for us, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it hasn't changed. And I, I'm being 100% honest when I say this, mm -hmm. it was different with them. I never felt the need to, to do that. That's and great. if yeah. it always just felt, I felt like I knew him for a long time and that I didn't, I don't know if I don't care is a good way to say it, but I just wasn't attached to, I didn't need anything from him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I had to do anything to create anything, to show up and just enjoy the moment, enjoy the conversations, enjoy being intimate, enjoy kissing, enjoy having sex. And as long as I was enjoying it, it was fine. But I didn't feel any need to but do anything so the extra. things that you were doing was just part of your who you were so it was easy to to maintain that it wasn't like you said you're going to do something now and then as things changed you stopped that stuff you just you were the all the stuff that you did that made him attracted to you was just part of who you were you continued and I, and I did talk to some of my female friends about this and they said yes as far as the doing things early on and their words to me that were genuine was, yeah, we like to trap men. I, <laughs> we like to trap men. And we will do things to trap a man. And as soon as we got them, we changed. And and Ooh. and I feel like the people that have a not genuine relationship, that's the formula. One side or the other, because I've, I've seen guys do the same thing. I've seen guys flaunt money and flaunt this and flaunt that and, and flash and go and show this and that. And then as soon as they get, get in a relationship they kind of turn it off, off and switch a little bit. And the woman's like, wait, what's different? But from a guy's point of view, I've seen a lot and I've heard a lot. And this is the first time I heard a woman say, yeah, we like to trap men. I was like, wow, you're being very blunt with me. Now, have you ever done that? And do you know people that will act a certain way? And then as soon as they're in a relationship, they flip a switch, consciously or unconsciously? Yes, I've done that before. I I don't think I, I mean, those relationships just didn't last long, but I will say I was a version of me that, I mean, we all have different parts of ourselves, but I would say when I was dating as not my full genuine self, I felt the need to be more feminine than I naturally am. And there is a soft side of me that I want to nurture, 
But there's another side of me that's very fiery and very dragon type A-like that I wouldn't show them. It's almost a formula for that's not going to work out long term. I wouldn't even show them the real me. I wouldn't show them that side of me. That was, in, that was in the past. That was in the past. You don't try to trap men now anymore. No, I don't yes. think trapping people or tricking people, mm-hmm. that's like a desperate way. It's almost like fear-based. Like mm-hmm. I need to trap this person to get them. And I would hate mm-hmm. for it to be done to me, to feel oh, like yeah. someone bamboozled me, like right. tricked me. Right. You do all these things and then I learn you're a cheap ass or something. No, I right. don't want that. <laughs> I agree. And it, it's, it's, it's a perfect formula to have a miserable relationship. And to either get stuck in one and be miserable or to just have a failed relationship. Um, that reminds me. Oh, so. oh, no, you brought stuff? I brought stuff. <laughs> so last time I was here, Cece was so kind to bring me a croissant or, and, and, and some, some carbs knowing that I was on a diet. And she was trying to trick me <laughs> and trap me. <laughs> But she doesn't do that. <laughs> test. I test you. Oh, I see. That was a test, not a trick or a trap. Yeah. Distinction. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, from the guy's point of view, we just like to please. And, and you know, most guys are, are romantic, just genuine at heart. So I brought something for Cece that I know, you know? she would like. <laughs> lemons? Are they lemons? They are lemons. Rob has a lemon tree. See, this is... I view this as love. Right. Not tricking or trapping. No. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're such a good person. <laughs> um, so I do feel like in general, when a man loves a woman, that he wants to make her happy. That he that's his that's his kind of like source is rock. And he, you know, he does like it when they laugh and does like when they're happy and when they do nice stuff, it, it, when it's a genuine relationship, that's how you know, from, from my point of view, that's how you know a man is really into you is because he's doing things to make you happy. You know, I've seen a lot of times that that won't get recognized. So the woman, um, I, and I feel like in general, in, in the dating world, the woman starts out with a, hey, what's in it for me kind of attitude when they're going on the dating process. And it's, it's kind of like, what's in it for me? But when there's a transition to a relationship, that needs to be let go of. And it has to be more like, okay, we're together. Like this is what's good for you is good for me as opposed to what's in it for me. Do you, have you seen that, you know, from the start of a dating, it's that it's a what's in it for me kind of a yes a, approach and nothing that's wrong. I feel like just a courting process, which is great. You know, it gives a little kind of push and pull, you know, get little, little uh, romance, little fire. It's great. But to carry then once you're in a relationship, if the attitude of what's in it for me still exists, you end up with a man who's burnt. Have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. That's not, uh, that's not healthy and it's not fair yeah. either if it's always about you. Well, I think naturally when you go into a relationship, you, from both sides, you look, of how, how is this beneficial to me? Because otherwise, why would you be doing it? Right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a relationship should enhance it, it, Your it life. should. It should. It, I, I think the the best relationships do naturally um, enhance and 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 merge and create a stronger union rather than um, make one person stronger and the other person neutral or weaker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And for a healthy relationship, it's not all about you. You have to learn <laughs> to give 
Well, how would you, I think sometimes though, it's the kind of momentum of it where during the courting process, and I blame guys just as equal, but you know, they're going after, they're going after, they're courting, courting. Then they, they finally get the relationship and they're together and there needs to be a kind of a natural transition to, you know, to that next, to the next stage. Um, and how, how would you recommend the women to pursue that without losing passion? Because you don't want passion to die, you know, at least not at that point. You don't want passion to <laughs> die or cut, right? So how would you recommend that to, to, to from both for, guys and girls? For that transition? Yeah. That's a good question because I don't, I actually don't even know how to put it into words or well, let me, define it. Let me give you another formula then. So generally the masculine energy wants from the, the feminine energy, the, generally they want support, compassion, and inspiration. So during the courting process, a lot of that inspiration and compassion is is just fire. It's just it's just you know the the the, the conquering, the getting, the uniting, the coming together. So now after, as that starts to settle down, are women aware that, or or is the feminine side, I should say, aware that they need to bring to the table inspiration, compassion, and support? I I think that some women forget that. I can forget that too in my marriage. Yeah, yeah so either I have to... You're welcome, Pete. <laughs> I have to catch myself or someone will call me out on it. Either. So how, how do you, let's, I mean, you do have a very successful uh, marriage, you know, so, so I do want to, do want to acknowledge that, that the dynamic between you two is phenomenal. Um, it's just, it's, it's great. Like I, I, even when they're mad at each other, I'm like, are, are they mad at each other? I'm not, I'm not sure. Are you mad? Are you mad? I'm not sure, you know, <laughs> um, but, uh, but cause the communication is also great, you know, and, and I think you guys get each other. Um, so, but think about when you guys first started dating also maybe to now, how do you, how do you inspire him? How do you support him and how are you compassionate to, towards him? Uh, well, the compassion, I let him do him and I do my best to allow him to do him because he gives that to me and it feels so good. I love how that feels. Can you give us an example? Like, think of an actual thing that happened sure. or didn't happen. Sure. So Pete, one day, was he was in bed, and then I we usually just dump the clean laundry onto the bed. And he uh, he starts folding the laundry. I took video of it because he's still under the sheets, but he's just laying in bed folding it. And I thought it was so funny, and I posted it. And my sister saw it, and she said, you don't get mad at him when he does stuff like that? Because I think it's it's cute and it's funny and it's easy to... I think the old me would have criticized him. Like, what the fuck what are you would, doing? What would the old you have done? The old me would have criticized him and say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get out of bed. Almost like a mom, right? Uh -huh. And like, fold it. Like, be more efficient with the way you're folding it. But instead, you found it to be cute and adorable. Yes. And that's and, yeah. uh, that's work I've done on myself and hanging around married couples that inspired me, seeing how the women showed up. And how supportive they were and um, lighthearted and how they laughed. Because that's not what I saw growing up. I saw growing up, my mom could be very critical of everybody, you know. And, um, you know, just like the, the grumpy, like the grumpy lady sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's just not fun, right? And then I just, I wanted to be a fun partner. I want to add to someone's life. And, and Pete, I mean, because he's such a great partner. He's been such a good role model for me so he shows me what feels good so I, I I do my best to give that back I will say 
sometimes I'm not as good as him as being supportive because um, he's a great listener. He's patient. He'll listen to me talk. With He doesn't talk that much, though. I think that's what makes it easier, too, is that he doesn't need someone to listen to him for hours because I think if he did, I wouldn't be the right partner for him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Um, so, so I think the key point that I heard was that it is is a give and take on both sides because it, you know I'm sure some people are thinking like, well, I don't want to live with someone who's going to do something like this all the time, or, but but there is this dynamic of of um, allowing him to do certain things. Um, now, if it seems like if he was doing something that bothered you 24 seven, you would have a you 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 might be able to have a discussion about that as opposed to something happening here and there, finding more endearing rather than something you need to lecture or nag. Yes. Yeah. And that I want to be very careful uh -huh. of because I, you know, you hear like people say over the time of marriage, like the woman becomes like your mom. And I don't like that dynamic. I don't want that. I think in certain senses, you want to be helpful. For example, like he forgets putting on SPF a lot and that it's, his family is prone to skin cancer. So me reminding him like, babe, you know, don't forget the SPF, you know, that, that yeah. is fine, I think, but trying to control every little thing. And my life coach helped me with this because I, I can be very controlling because I'm used to doing things my way with work and stuff like that. And I was single for so long. So I had to learn, I'm still learning that not everything has to be done my way. That's good. That's very good <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, and, I, and I see that a lot, uh, and especially with guys that roll over easily. And and there's some guys, again, like I, I do feel like the guys that are stronger, more alpha, um, more more into themselves as well, um, or the guys that are, they, they quote unquote have their shit together, they will start drawing lines. Uh, but there are some guys that, that want to, to please their women. They'll roll over on some stuff. And then unfortunately that also can pile up into kind of, you know, hidden, hidden anger. So that's not healthy either. You know, having the ability to know that you're, you know, you're not nagging and that, that you'll draw the line on certain stuff. So if there's safety or, you know, his health's concern, you might get a little aggressive. Uh, but other times you'll do things a little more creatively. Like I know, you know, one thing um, Cece does, which I like, which I noticed though, is for example, when we're doing our last few interviews, she checked in a few times with me to make sure that I was aware that I had an interview with her because she didn't want me to forget. And, uh, but she didn't say, hey, want to remind you, we're having an interview mm -hmm. tomorrow, next week, you're going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. She would just, and maybe you did it consciously and maybe you did it subconsciously, but um, you know, I'd get something like, you know, hey, um, after the interview tomorrow, we're going to go out to dinner. Do you want to join? Or by the way, you could park, uh, park over here. Um, you know, uh, if you get her early, you can do this. So she's reminding me by just giving me some helpful information as opposed to saying, don't forget, we have an interview tomorrow. You know, so those are creative ways to be to not nag, but also remind. Yes, yeah. yes, to remind, because nagging, I'm, I'm sensitive to nagging too, because I felt, I didn't like that growing up from mm -hmm. my parents, mm -hmm. and so I, um, I'm just sensitive that I don't want to, because I find it annoying when people mm -hmm. do it to me, so how, I mean, yes, I just want my way of reminding someone is also giving them helpful advice too, hey, the building's under construction, you know, you can park on this street, there's two-hour parking, but you do it strategically because whether you know it or not, and maybe you could tell us if you do know how you're doing this, because you could just 
give all that information right up front, I but could. you piece it so that it's and and that's good to me. That's good good way of of kind of checking in. It's good strategy. Do you do that naturally, or is this something that that you've worked on? It's something that I've worked on working with different people, well, in business and personal life. I think well, people have different preferences, but sometimes, well, number one, if I give all the information. In the beginning, a lot of times I'll get asked again, like, where's the studio? And I hate repeating myself. Mm -hmm. I get really annoyed. So I naturally, I almost anticipate, you know, that people are going to ask me that again. So I I give them the info that they would need, you know, Mm -hmm. date, time, let's confirm that. Here's the studio address. But then when I follow up, I almost know most people will ask again what's the address or, you know, something like that. So I'll yeah. repeat and, that. And you're, you're follow, it's, it's very nice. It's very strategic. The timing is always good. It's not too early. It's not too late. But I do note that it's a good, it's a good communication way. And I feel like in relationships, um, you, may, you may do certain things like that because when you're, when you're dating someone, especially as it, as it gets past, you know, three, four, five months, um, you, you don't want to be that nag. You know, but sometimes, especially, you know, I know guys will tend to forget things. They'll tend to not think certain things are important um, because it's maybe not as important to them, but it is very important to to their partner. And so that could end up making relationships volatile. And I think, you know, that, that it's a nice skill to have to be able to communicate with someone without being very straightforward, being more subtle, being more effective by by getting across what you need, but also in a different way. Yes, and I think with some people, they're more intuitive with things like that. They can read other people better. If you're a people person and you're really good at business, generally you have those skills. I feel like sometimes people, my husband, Pete's so wonderful, but I feel like he sometimes he, which it's one of the qualities I actually like about him because it's what you see is what you get. And he wasn't afraid to tell me how much he liked me. And, but I wanted that. I wanted someone who was clear they wanted to be in a relationship. I didn't want to feel tricked in any way. I just wanted someone really genuine and like what you see is what you get. And that's Pete. But that also comes with sometimes I do notice when he's uh, trying to network and things like that where I can intuitively tell. Because like con- good conversations is like a ping pong match, right? It's not just dump everything and you know there's a there's a little push and pull like (laughs) to it and I feel like I I naturally feel that but I also I took communication classes because I think growing up I was very shy and I was not good at communication so even having that intuitive sense but uh, learning how to talk to different people Hmm. is a useful skill and I learned that in it was a program called Landmark Education and it um, one of the courses just helped me so much with communication. So getting back to the trapping and tricking part. Okay. <laughs> Do you have trauma with this? No. <laughs> um, yeah. So getting back to that, you know, it's definitely not a healthy thing for the relationship to, to do that. But, um, but I think in general, most people will put, you know, some kind of facade forward just naturally in general. I mean, the people that that really work hard at themselves and really, like you said, have a lot of self-love. It's just naturally they don't. But in general, you know, at all ages, depending on what's going on in your life, you know, something something could have happened to trigger you and you just need to feel a little bit more 
uh, wanted. Maybe you have an insecurity about something and it's just temporary, but you, you're at a point, you meet someone, you're, and let's just say that they've put away, put out some, some things that aren't genuine. Um, and then they, they're in a relationship with someone. You know, I feel that what happens in a lot of these is, is a woman will, and even if they are genuine, will get a man, um, or, or, or someone and start to, um, again, we talked about last time about jenging, pulling apart and trying to change that person. And have you done that? I have tried to change someone, yes. Obviously, it didn't work out. Um, <laughs> no, it did not. But, I mean, I do know, again, I do know why that, that they do it. I feel like it's the what's in it for me, and I just want someone who's going to do this, and, and once I get them, then I'm going to start, you know, training them like a dog to do my to, to do my bidding and and get into that mode. How can someone be aware that they're doing that? Because I, I, I think... I think in a lot of cases, they're just not aware that it's happening. You're right. You're right. Because it's not always strategic. Some people, they don't even know who they are yet. And they don't know what they want out of a relationship. So they show up how they think they're supposed to show up. And it's not the real them. They haven't done the work. Or maybe they're just really young. Mm -hmm. And you're still finding out who you are. So it could be unintentional. So I think the best thing you can do before jumping into a life partnership or long-term partnership is to really know yourself and really know what you want, what you want to give to someone else. And I feel like when you know yourself really well, you'll know when you've met the right person. Which is which is true. Well, that's true. However, especially the younger people, they're not going to know that. Part of the dating process is is actually to realize, oh, I had no idea this was important to me, and now it is important to me. And in, instead of trying to change that person, bringing it up, or having a good way to say, hey, this is what I want. And if, if that person can't give it, then it, it may be time to, to separate, which is easier said than done. But how can they be, is there anything that, just based on your experience that you could reflect on, that you know that you're trying to change someone instead of, to me, the best thing to do is, is you're aware that this is important to you and you st step into that, that place as opposed to pull and make someone step in that place. And if they come along, then they Yes, do. okay, understood. Yeah. So if that's the case and you realize that, oh, I really I'm in this partnership, but I, I want this or need this. So having getting clear on whether it's a need or want, like whether that's a deal breaker for you, because it might be like, oh, I didn't realize I need someone who is honest. <laughs> you know, is that a deal breaker for you? For me, that's a deal breaker. If, if yeah. someone cannot be honest. And I think those are huge things. But let's say it's something to where, let's say the man is a weekend warrior and okay. he likes to do sports on the weekend. Okay. And he likes to do certain things. And then in the relationship, you know, he's that's part of the dynamic. And then all of a sudden, three, four, five, six months into it, uh, the woman starts saying, hey, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this on Saturday. You know, can you take a day off of softball? Can you take a day off of doing this? Can you? And that actually is that's actually trying to change the man. This is something they're into. And, and this, is, this is part of what made him who he was and yeah. keeps his maintenance going and keeps his head straight. Um, but then there's this, this kind of like agenda, agendaing where they want to, to then do things together as a couple, which is great, but also change his dynamic as opposed to saying, hey, let's do something active together. Um, hey, I want to completely switch our our habits and routine, that's changing a man um, as opposed to, and, and maybe he wants to, but as opposed to, um, you know, keep supporting him 
for what he's what he wants to do and finding other creative ways to be together. Okay, so a relationship is two people coming together. Mm-hmm. And at some point, there's going to have to be some compromise. And this has come up recently in my marriage, for example, where to live. Because when Pete and I met, he was living in Venice. I met him in Venice. And he loves Venice. <laughs> where I don't want to live in Venice. I have other neighborhoods that I prefer. And that's, this has been one of the biggest disagreements in our marriage. So it's important to talk about, by the way, <laughs> where you want to live long term. <laughs> and uh, there has to be compromise because we don't agree on it. I mean, because if we just disagree, and then we wouldn't be together anymore. Like, fine, you go live in, or we could be together. We just wouldn't live together. I'm like, you live in Venice. I'm going to go <laughs> over here. So it requires compromise. And he did bring up similar to what you said, like, babe, you met me in Venice. I love Venice. But I said, there's two people in this relationship, in this marriage, right? There has to be, um, you're telling me your needs. You want to be in Venice or near the beach or near your friends. I'm telling you, I need a modern condo with two bathrooms and da, 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 da. And air conditioning. And air conditioning, two parking spaces, all that. Okay. So, (laughs) so what, (laughs) <laughs> I got a sore spot. <laughs> Where can we meet with this? Because it's not, I don't think it's fair for it to be one way or the other if we disagree. I think you should take both parties into consideration. It's not all about, well, I need this, this, is, and I'm just looking for a supportive partner to agree with everything. Right. Which some people actually, some men act maybe are looking for that, or women, and they just want someone to agree with them all sure. the time. Sure. Um, and yeah, there's always going to be those. I, I think in general, especially for the ones, and, and I do I totally agree that the compromise portion has to happen in the relationship. There are there are going to be give and takes. But, you know, to credit to your spot, I think what you're not, not saying is that um, you did move to Venice, you did give it a shot, and um, and you're finding like, hey, these are some deal breakers that, especially now in, in kind of COVID era. So your your version of changing him isn't i'm trying to change him i'm i'm communicating what i need versus um what i'm talking about when women try to change a man is is really like you know we need to move here we need to do this you know i'm unhappy here i'm unhappy there um and in really putting kind of a pressure on the relationship pressure on the guy who's, who wants to see you happy as opposed to you saying, hey, this is some of the things I need to be happy. You know, let's, let's kind of compromise and talk about it. There's, there's, you see there's a difference in, in that, and, and that's kind of where I see trouble in relationships, is a woman not just making the decision and, and having an attitude about certain things instead of, I think, how you're dealing with it, is, which is a little bit more compromising um, to have a compromise. Yes. Well, it took a while to get here, too, because I did do the thing where I complained about it a lot. and Like had, passive-aggressive complain? Like really annoying complaining. Like, mm-hmm. poor guy. You know, it's, it's so annoying. But I, I mean, that obviously had nothing to do with him. I'm just, I was in an unhappy mm-hmm. place. So I was blaming him subconsciously. I wouldn't say it, but the tone was like, the underlying tone was mm-hmm. like, it's your fault that we live here and I'm unhappy right now. So how, let's just say you could go back and just kind of adjust how you did that. What would you do differently? I would not get angry because I let the anger build up 
with that. And then I would take responsibility and uh, I would have the conversation that we had more recently mm -hmm. <laughs> about it saying like, hey, I know. And also the mutual respect too, because I the respect that he does want to live in Venice, but then also, hey, this is important to me as well. Like I, I literally wrote a list of things that I would like in an ideal home. And you hadn't done that prior? No, I had said it. But you hadn't really said, hey, really gone through it. Right, like, the, I really need this. Uh, like, passing, in passing conversation. I, I mentioned things like, I don't, uh, don't want to feel like I'm going backwards in, in lifestyle. Like, I feel like guys are more, in general, some, well, I'll just say Pete is, <laughs> he doesn't care as much about his space. He could live in, a frat house, okay, mm. and they would be fine for him. And I said, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Now, Pete's unique in that because <laughs> most most men do need space. They do need their man cave. They do need to have enough space to just have their own time. Majority of masculine energy will, will want that. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, well, his idea of his man cave and his time is living in a, a small beach bungalow in Venice Beach. Yes, that's very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about let's talk about red flags. I feel like a lot of people, in hindsight, say, "Well, I should have known because I've seen you know these flags." And and people obviously they want to see the best in someone to get a relationship or something going, so they'll ignore red flags. I want to know what you think are some red flags for women and men. And uh, I will tell you, my dad did tell me one time years and years ago. He said, "Date women." that have friends that are female. If a woman doesn't have any female friends, that's a big red flag. Mm. If they can't get along with other women, that's a big red flag. Are there exceptions to this rule? Of course, but in general, I've seen that to be very true, that women who don't have other female friends, there's, there's a huge red flag. Do you agree with that? In some sense, I can see why it would be a good sign if mm -hmm. they have female friends and long-term female mm -hmm. friends. I think friendships in general, if a person has friends, I usually give that piece of advice to people when they first meet someone is look at their friends. Do they even have any long-term friendships? Mm -hmm. I mean, because it is a green green flag or green light if they do have good long-term friends. That shows that they are capable <laughs> of being in some sort of relationship mm -hmm. that's long-term. That's a good point. Um, so what are some of the other ones what would you say to a man, for example, if you see this in a woman run? If she does this or, or says this or, or has this run, what would that be? So everyone's different and they're looking for different things. And it's hard to believe that some people would be fine with like a liar, right? But mm -hmm. just say you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's most people don't want, I'd say most, most people, people don't want Most people would not want a liar. So one is just getting clear on what you want and the deal breakers, because if it's some, if something like a liar is, doesn't work for you, then as soon as you see that, you'll be more clear then and you won't ignore it. She just lied about this. It was a really small thing, but she still lied about it. And if she's willing to lie about that, what else is she willing to lie about? So I think that clarity is important of what you're, what you won't tolerate. Mm-hmm. What else? What else is a, a red flag? I would say how she listens, like if something bothers you and you tell her, and if her 
how she responds to that and if anything changes. Does she take you into consideration? That's, and I think that's the compassionate part that the masculine side needs. What about from the opposite side? If you see... Oh, I, I feel like it goes mm. both ways. But for, for example, for me, my core value is integrity. So when I was dating, if a guy showed me, and when I had the clarity on that, mm -hmm. if a guy showed me he did not have integrity, if what he said and what he did did not match, that was an automatic no. No matter how attractive I found them, how charming they were, that helped me filter them out pretty quick, where before I couldn't filter them out quickly because I would be looking at the charm, you mm -hmm. know, physical attraction, and he's funny and all that. But when it comes down to it, that was a non-negotiable. He has to have integrity. Can you think of an example of when someone showed no integrity and you were like, that's it? I, let's see. I've dated many men that don't have integrity. I'm trying to think of There's just too many examples to give. We don't have enough time in the show. It's <laughs> probably <laughs> something just really subtle that they said they were going to do something, like mm -hmm. I'll call you later, and they don't. Something as simple good as that. See, those are good examples. So talking about integrity, it, it's, it's the little things. Yes. It's a lot of the little things. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And those are... Those are big red flags. So, we, you know, last time we talked about how challenging it is for a guy to, to put together a first date in general. Um, and from the guy's point of view, you know, we talked about that. And, and you know, if you want to see more of that, catch the last show. <laughs> um, but from a woman's standpoint, what are they doing to prepare for the first date? That if a guy said, hey, uh, we got to change. I got to do a new day. I'm sorry. I got held up at work. Um, and what, from the guy's perspective, they're not even aware about is going through. Sure. I think it's disappointing on both sides when someone cancels. I mean, assuming you want to go out with that person. Mm -hmm. I remember being disappointed so many times when guys would cancel. And that's it, integrity. Yeah. Just keep mm -hmm. it. I mean, sometimes things happen, okay? Sure. If you have a death in the family or something, I totally get it. Yeah. But that... I mean, I value my time, so I just felt like it, like my like my time wasn't important. Like I cut out this slot for you, and you know, and you feel really comfortable canceling, like maybe multiple times. Oh, yeah, multiple eh. times is a red flag, right? <laughs> yeah, so canceling and change. So let's just say that there's something that does come up, uh, and maybe the guy made a plan and completely forgot that he was supposed to do something. What is the best thing they can do to make up for that if they really wanted to see that person again? Sure, that's, uh, it's all in action. And I think sincerity and genuine, like, I'm so sorry, I normally don't cancel this late, but this happened. And making a plan, like, can I call you t tomorrow to, to reschedule? I think that is enough. Yeah, because I do think flaking, I mean, on both sides, I think flaking is one of the big red flags. Yes. Um, because usually, uh, again, there are exceptions, but usually if someone's into you and really wants to, to go out with you, they will make it happen. And of course there's exceptions, but generally that's to me, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's almost a non-starter for me. Tell me more. Let's go back to the lying part. You know, we, I, I said to you, hey, well, men have to be creative liars. Oh, and you, yeah. you looked at me like, what? What, you lie? Yes, yes, sometimes you have to maybe not be genuine, completely honest about certain things. I do not agree with that because mm -hmm. I feel like you can with the right person mm -hmm. and you can still be honest and kind. So let's say that, I, and I do, I, I agree, I think with the right person, but let's say you're in a relationship with someone. One of the things is that person is, gets a little volatile. 
they uh, are, are, are asking you questions, searching for you to give the right answer. You're like, I just got a haircut. What do you think? And you could tell that they're really insecure about that cut. And you kind of tell a little bit of a lie. This, tell uh, me how not to get my head bit off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an art of being in different relationships, too, because not everyone, you're right, not everyone wants to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. So when you're picking this, the person you want to be with, do you want some, you have to know their communication style too. So personally for me, I am a direct communicator. And if I ask you a question, I want the honest answer. I don't want a bullshit answer. Even if you're on your worst day, you had a horrible, horrible day. Yes. And you may be asking a question. You may be looking for a little bit of security or feedback. You want to be uplifted. Yes. You still want someone to to tear you down. I don't want them to tear me down. I would be more clear on, hey, I feel like shit today. Can you just be supportive and say something that makes me feel better? But sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes I, uh, something happened with Pete. I, oh, it's when I tell him my business ideas because I'm the more, I'm the idea person. I'm the dreamer, right? And he's more like methodical, like step by step. So sometimes when I tell him about my ideas, I haven't thought the how-to process mm-hmm. yet. So he will say, uh, because he's inquisitive and he wants to know, like, like how are you going to make money doing that? But I hear that sometimes as, like, you're crushing on my dreams right now. Or, like, it feels, like, judgmental where uh, some of my business friends or my girlfriends would be like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. And then you vibe and get more ideas. Mm-hmm. So I had to tell him, like, hey, when you ask me about, like, how I'm going to make money or how this, how that. I get that's how your brain works, but it can come off as unsupportive where I'm looking for like someone to be enthusiastic about with me, right. <laughs> with my idea. Right. And and he didn't know that. And I know his intention yeah. wasn't to, to make me feel that way. That's the way his, his career brain works. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I was clear that. So I wouldn't, I didn't get mad at him for it, knowing like, why don't you just, you know, say this, but more, um, I had to be clear, like, Hey, I'm looking for support right before now. you, before you gave it to him. I, so, <laughs> so, you know, his brain's like that, right? So, you know, yes. he's that, that's, that's just how his brain works. That's his career path. Right. And so I feel, almost feel like you're setting him up for failure by coming straight out and ask, telling him your idea, as opposed to, you know, you know him and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Not, you know, again, it's sometimes it's hard to do that because you want to just like share your excitement about something and get some feedback, right. you know, but maybe a quick thing is like, Hey, I just want to share this with you. You don't need to, you know, um, but again, you're very creative in, in setting things up strategically. So knowing things, so you can kind of prime him. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm learning too, because sometimes I do forget and I'm excited in the moment and I get this idea and yeah. I'll just say it, but I don't. I think I'm conscious not to put the blame on him too if he doesn't give me the answer that I want, mm-hmm. knowing that I, you know, I knowing his intention, but also I, how is he supposed to guess what I need by saying <laughs> my business right. idea? Right. So that also comes over time of getting to know someone too. I think in general, that is an art though. When someone comes to you with an idea, um, and, and men, again, you know, like Alison Armstrong always say, men are, are thinking, you know, they want to solve a problem. They want to just go do it. So when, when a woman comes out with an idea, they just want to start like going into the action of it instead of just listening and being supportive and kind of, you know, vice versa. If a man says an idea, 
Um, so just learning, I think for for people to learn how to listen to something and not be so reactive and and feel like they're being put on the spot to solve something. So like men, again, they're going to start. They were going to want to solve your problem, and and so if you give an idea, they're going to look at it as like, well, hold on, you know, is this is this workable? Is this solvable? Um, and it is an art. I mean, I, but I think the man does have to work on that to learn how to listen. You know, so it's not it's not always on one person to be responsible to get the outcome. But I think that's an art in relationships is learning how to listen without being reactive. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm learning both. I actually, I, I think I'm, I want better now, but like my, the way I'm wired, I'm not good at either of those naturally. Yeah. I have yeah. to really make an effort. And you don't want it to be in a, you want it to become natural. So it's not something where you're, you're kind of cutting passion, passion, you're cutting, you know, the natural dynamic by thinking, overthinking stuff and trying to, you know, not be yourself. So, you know, it, it is, I think that's why or couples that are a little more refined um, that can communicate with each other can grow in that respect. While others, um, you know, if someone does something they didn't like, then it's it's like right away it's like relationship ending attitude. Uh, in, in instead of instead of being like, oh, you know, I didn't intend for that to be the case, and, and, and you know, some people are a little more abrasive than others, so it could come off really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can. Yeah. <laughs> So what would, maybe on a, on a final note or two, um, what would you recommend to your audience that are dating in the early stages, anywhere from, you know, the pre-first date all the way to kind of like before the relationship level? What would you recommend based on what we've talked about on, on maybe an attitude or point of view to, be, to give the best chance for success? Knowing yourself really well getting clear on what you want, staying open, uh, listening. But I think being clear on what you want, because over those months, you'll learn more about that person. So you'll see. And when you know your boundaries, too, of what works, like, oh, I'm learning a few months in that he, he, he doesn't do this. Or you're like, oh, he does do this. You know? Like, yeah. So learning what are the, um, which are the deal breakers, and also communicating that, too, of communicating what's important to you so, so that they're aware of it, too. Because sometimes they could be like, oh, like, I didn't even know. You didn't even say anything. And so yeah. giving them a chance to respond to that and see if you guys can come to a, you know, a mutual place or if not to be too rigid about it either. And I'm guilty of this, too. I think being like a business person, you just want to like, yeah, it works or it doesn't. Yeah. And I think I think there is an art into having your boundaries, knowing what knowing yourself and not coming out on the first date listing like, by the way, these are things that I need um, because it, it could come across. You could actually come across a guy who's just, you know, or, or girl um, by really being direct um, and throwing them off. As opposed to, and I do think being direct is great, but also having romance. Don't kill the romance by by you know setting boundaries and setting this. Do it in a way that it exists. And if 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 your boundaries are compromised, and just cut it. Like you know, if you know, you don't you don't necessarily always have to say these are my boundaries. But knowing your boundaries, and when the red flags come up, then to you can you know pull back or 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 communicate at that point. Yeah. Um, but but there are some things that are important to communicate. Um, but there's an art to do it where you don't cut the romance out. And it's this kind of like feels like this contract. 
Oh, you know. oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it it can be hard too because they're with long term relationships. If you're trying to build that, there is a practicality side of it. So balancing that with the passion, mm-hmm. right? Because you, I mean, you want both. And it would be nice if it could be all like passion <laughs> it just naturally goes, but that you have to consider consider the practicality part, which isn't the sexiest thing. I, I think that's the about. trick though, right these days, right now, is is keeping the romance yet being practical and having those things in the relationship is 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 is, is that's the, the, the trick to yes. to it right now. The dating trick right now is to I feel like is to uh keep romance. Um, while while not compromising yourself and knowing yourself, and, and I think, you know, I would like to say, well, how does someone start to know themselves? I think that may be a topic for another another time. Yeah. But is there any quick tips you can give to people that think they know themselves or that that want to know themselves more and and can and can maybe take a few of these sure. uh, tips to do it? Sure. Uh, number one is being honest with yourself too. Like, but how if, can someone be? A, uh, how do you know? Like, if say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be honest with myself. What do I really want? Like, how do you get out of that and find what you want? That's a good question. Well, a lot of it comes from just experience dating, too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't know that I actually, like, can be attracted to this kind of person. Or, so like, then, I don't. So then... They come from uh, that. Um, when, they, when they're dating or out and they're noticing that they like something or don't like something, then to take a step back and make a note physically or mental, but a strong note, that's a good way, one good way to do it is is to start noticing, paying extra attention of what you like and don't like. Absolutely. And viewing dating as curiosity that you're learning, well, you're learning about someone else, but more importantly, you're learning about yourself in the process. Okay. Those are all, those are great. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think keeping the curiosity, I think is is a cool way to to look at it too because um, you're not you're not so um, I guess self abusive to yourself uh, for not knowing and you're not getting down on yourself you're like you know what I've got curiosity and that's the other thing is you don't always know what you like or don't like until it sometimes it presents itself I yes. mean there's people that 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 have been married for years or that have been dating for many years and then they something happens and they're like oh my god don't like this and and it also could be something that they used to like yeah and it's changed so there's there's a lot of the there's a lot of variables that can happen absolutely (laughs) one thing i would recommend is to talk to someone and come up with a values list you know if you're seriously looking to date if you're seriously looking if you're not then just go and date and have fun and keep in mind uh, that you're learning about yourself and if you find something learn it but if you're at a point where you really do want to to date you know you want to date seriously um, to come up with a values list to, and challenge it with a friend. Don't just come up with something like, oh, I want someone with this and that and that, but really to to come up with some characteristics that you like in people and then present it to a friend who knows you. Yes. And have that friend challenge you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, one example is if you just say you're a strong woman, but you think you're type B and you like ask your friends, you know, and if one of your good friends who knows you says, well, the real you is actually type A. Mm-hmm. So take that into consideration and not just, I think that's where self-awareness comes Mm -hmm. into play as well. And uh, yeah, that could be learning. That's different for everyone. But I think being honest, you know, and listening to trusted people too and getting feedback like, oh, maybe I'm not what I, what I thought. Yeah, that's a good point is, is actually talking to your friends and, and being an open mind. And if people start saying that you are, 
maybe you're, if, and if you're really not, maybe you're coming across that way mm-hmm. and maybe you're not aware of it, but there's these blind spots. You definitely have blind spots. Yes, and so everybody. by asking, yeah, talking to people you care about or know, or know you, um, of course, if you ask your parents, you're just going to get in a fight because, you know, they'll be very volatile. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but asking people that, that care about you, that know you and say, Hey, you know, this is, and, and they could be dead wrong, but this is just how it's, it's coming across to them. So it's just good, good awareness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember Gypsy, the, uh, healer that we've both seen told me one time that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a control freak. And I'm like, I'm not a control freak. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And when it, when it comes to my relationships and my friends, I'm not, but in business, in my business side, I am. And so that was kind of a, an eye opener of, of, you know, of, of, for me, always wanted to do things, uh, uh, you know, make sure that, that it's done this way. And I want to do it and only I can do this and that. And then it's like, Oh, it looks, I am a control freak in this, in this kind of sense. So sometimes it helps for people to zap you with something and your first punch is like, no, I'm not, um, which is okay. But then listen to it and just kind of say, well, okay, where can I actually, where is this actually true? You know? Yeah. So. Well, awesome. This has been great. It's been great to be on here again. <laughs> um, hopefully I get a chance to interview you one more time. Again, again. you have more questions. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I was just getting warmed up. I know yeah. this is, these conversations on the two that we've had on this show are pretty tame for how I mean, there's a certain level of professionality that we're, I mean, we're trying to provide value as well. Right. We're not really, you know, how we normally are with each other and just really poke and pry and This is like the equivalent of like a first date and not showing up like completely as, I mean, we are who we are, but it's a mellowed down version. Yeah. Yeah. We're not really. It's not as raunchy. Yeah. We're not really going cutthroat. Ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Next time. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, we got to work into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Christine. And uh, <laughs> let's do this again. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings. And I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.